Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey there, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker. And in this week's show, we get to see what Cheddar Mark III is made of. The updated Cheddar was created by John Compton from Paizo. And Jason goes through some of the cool new features of the new Cheddar slash Goblin slash Combat Drone. The boys finally get off the ship and go on to the Drift Rock. And we find out that all of them are scared of the dark. So not a lot going on this week. We're going to jump into the show very quickly. Just a few quick notes. At the end of the show, I'm going to talk about rules and how to handle complex rules for GMs and players. We have another winner in the $100 Amazon gift card contest. And we have also joined Twitch if you wish to follow us there. Surprisingly, a lot of people seem to like Twitch over YouTube. I have the podcasts on both. We decided to start throwing them up on Twitch for people to follow there as well. So now you have somewhere else to follow us. Other than that, let's just jump right into the episode and I'll see you after we're done. Last week... We had our good friend John Compton join us on the show, where he got to control the two goblins, Zerk and Torsa. And if you remember, he was able to rebuild Cheta into Cheddar Mark III, which we'll get to in a second, because Cheddar is now meaner, leaner, stronger, and more explodier than ever. We have Rusty, who was on the brink of death from Void Death, which is Curiously, a very aptly named disease, since it literally almost killed you and brought you to the void. And then you managed to come back from the brink of death with a little bit of help from the Eoxian Assembly. But there might have been some catches, as you're sort of a blackish-blue now, and you have some extra hair on your arms and legs. But we'll get to that in a Wait, second. Wait, did I actually change color? Interesting. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. You're an alien now. Yes, you actually did change color a little. I wasn't joking about that. And we're going to get into that a little bit. And Mo, I guess, was just hunting rats on the ship. And what the heck was what the heck was Hiroji doing? Was he just, like, sharpening his knives and stuff? Yeah, you know, smoking cigars. Oh, that's right. Now you have atmosphere, so you can yeah, actually, so I can smoke, actually smoke Chris Beamer is playing the Lushunta operative, Hiroji. We had nine days of uh, watching uh, right. poor Rusty try to... Uh, Mo was sick for some of those days. He was sick for some of those days, and uh, he was. you guys locked him in that room for a while, so he didn't like that. 
John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier Mo Dupinski. Yeah, it was like it was like uh, the thing where it's like, all right, we'll throw these guys in the room and see what happens. Yep, that's what happens. So with that, let's go to let's do. I'm sure everyone wants to know what's going on with Cheddar. So we're gonna not gonna spoil everything, but this is what happened after this whole episode. And I want to explain that John came on and we had no idea. I had no idea it was gonna go on. John was just gonna come on. He, I told him he could play some goblins and him rebuilding and that was all organic and after it was said and done john sent a custom character sheet built by him where he rewrote cheddar this is like a dream come true a custom <laughs> character built by someone awesome. from paizo <laughs> with multiple pages of information this is probably the oh <laughs> characters i've ever seen i'll put this way i had to space it out it's on four pages of oh, information wow. right here you have to link that on the uh, website well Seriously. jason only got page one yeah, we don't, we don't, there's some spoilers in there that I'm not allowed to have access to. There's Easter to. eggs in, inside of Cheddar. So I, have, that. I have one page. Jason McDonald is playing the Ahsoki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone, Cheddar. So with that, Jason uh, or Tuttle managed to have some time poking around and seeing what those pesky goblins did to Cheddar. So I'll allow him to explain through Tuttle kind of like uh, what he discovered in his machinations of going through his rebuilt Cheddar. Alright, well, well first, Cheddar is now a very precise 6% goblin. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read this I'm gonna read this verbatim. Cheddar contains approximately 6% goblin by volume, complements of the thoroughly deceased goblin scavenger Murgle. The drone gains the goblinoid subtype which among other things actually gives him dark vision now and a better nice. perception. Wow. So his perception has gone up to plus five and he has dark vision, which he didn't have before. Wait, does that um, mean he installed the goblin's eyes? I thought it was the ears that he put on him. But ears work? Maybe. Ears dark work? Vision? The D no, it's goblin DNA. I think the goblin DNA has somehow been integrated into his system. Okay. So, but only 6% though. Eyes <laughs> now, are small. He's got some weapon upgrades. Actually, no, no, I'm going to go to the the other the other main overriding feature, uh, and I got to read this one verbatim. Highly experimental, Cheddar is a terrifying mishmash of steel, plastic, unconventionally connected wires, unethically sourced biological matter, broken dreams, and educated guesses. <laughs> when, when subject to when subject to a critical hit, Cheddar's hardware breaks in exciting ways. Roll once on the critical damage table. <laughs> Oh, wow. So Cheddar now, among other things, Cheddar now has a critical damage table. When he takes critical damage, interesting things happen. Cheddar is nice. a wand of wonder. So, yeah. Yeah, sort of. Um, and then now we get to the weapons. He ha he now has three weapon choices, all of which have been upgraded. His his regular club is now the tactical razor bat, which, does, which can actually cause bleeding on criticals. He has... He has chainsaw wigs, nice that are that uh, are a slashing weapon. They take they take charges, so he has to use battery charges to use those. But he they can do critical wounds as well. 
And his regular pistol has now been replaced with the junk cannon, which does 1d6 electric energy and fire damage and criticals with a 1d4 burn energy or of burn. So nice. Yeah. His weapons have all been upgraded to be more deadly. However, they also have the goblin instability where if I roll a one bad thing, you know, critical damage happens. Something happens. Things happen. Yeah. And then, of course, that doesn't even get into, as as John mentioned when he was doing this, the button, um, the big red button, which you can hit the button um, as many times as, per day as my intelligence modifier, and it will do unpredictable goblin tech things. Awesome. So, That's great. Yeah. That's really good. And the, the and the wings do serve as jump jets, so he actually has limited flying. Though I though Cheddar originally had jump jets anyways, I just hadn't had a chance to use them. But yes, the wings are actually do actually give limited flight. Nice. The jump cannon also, by the way, it fires a line of superheated plasma. If you want to talk about that, Jason. This yeah, that's that's a it's a thirty foot range. Uh, it has a battery capacity of twenty, but each shot uses four. But it has the line property like that fire, like that flamethrower. So it'll hit everything in the in the line in front. What's of it. the uh, damage on that? It's one d six plus one d six, but then it's got uh, can do critical damage and do an extra d four burn damage as well. That's nice. That's multiple targets too. That's really yeah. If it handy. hits, it hits everything in front of it. So. Is oh, is it in front that it's facing? Well, it's a line, so what happens is you can shoot at something okay. 30 feet away, and right. everything, it's okay. like a lightning bolt. Everything between Cheddar and that object 30 feet away oh, yeah. okay. gets hit. Okay, that's awesome. But Cheddar doesn't, Cheddar doesn't have, like, a weird turning radius or anything. I'm not sure how, the, how he operates. No, 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 no. Okay. He's the same. Okay. He's, he's a normal character. The only thing is he now has all of his weapons... All have critical damage, so when they crit, they do extra things. The critical wound is another table you have to roll on. There's so many tables. That is so bad that if you actually roll, this is bad for the monsters, they could actually lose limbs, eyes, or even be decapitated. Oh, (laughs) nice. I like this new Cheddar. Cheddar has gone from some meager combat robot at first level to a rebuilt stronger version two to the insanely badass Mark III version. He's what, almost what been perfected. What level is Mark III? No, he's just level. He's he's the third version. I mean, his character level is still level two. This is level still, two. And by the way, it, oh, okay. all this stuff scales as he goes up levels. Yeah, there's some additional stuff about how he can, you know, take, yeah, he gets additional uh, proficiency with weapons and it can act as a, a that the wings can act as a a long sword of the same level or lower. At the 10th level, the wings gain the severe wound critical hit effect. So some of this stuff actually does get even more powerful down the road. One might even say he is a sharp cheddar. Mark extra sharp oh. cheddar. Yes. <laughs> uh, ha, ha, ha. Well, cheddar stick uh, stick by Mo. He's a good man in a tight corner. I, I must say. Wow. So he's going to be a little more put a little more uh, urgency on his uh, on the battery situation since he's got you know two of his attacks take batteries and the one takes four charges per shot. So yeah, but that's okay. It's well worth it. Yep. 
Oh, actually, one more thing I should mention. I'm allowed to hit the button more than more than my intelligence modifier, but from that point on, there's a 25% chance of a critical damage to Cheddar. Ouch. Well, that scales, too. It's a cumulative 25%, so it keeps going up. So the first time it's 25, then 50. <laughs> so it's going to get worse each time. All right, cumulative, there it is. Sorry. Yeah. In addition, while you're doing all this and you guys are getting ready to perhaps leave this this Acheron, which you've gotten way too accustomed to, uh, Rusty gets a little message on his his communications pad. Only to him, which I, I messaged to you. I already read it. Hmm. Anyhow, well, with well, that... What was it? Who are you talking to? Rusty, what was the message? Oh, uh, the people on EX actually said they were really happy to help me out. Apparently, I've made a good impression on them. So, great. Yeah, you're 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 bluish now. Uh, what's up with that? Uh, it's more of I think actually just a little thing. It's gonna it's gonna pass. As I'm sure it's gonna fade. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Mo's gonna get closer to Rusty and kind of smell. Does he smell funny? Funny, you should ask that. Rusty, roll a one d one hundred for me, please. Oh, okay. I oh, no. love it. <laughs> And I roll a three. A three. On a D100, I roll a three. Oh, this is going to be good. That can't, that can't be either really good or really bad. Which no, that's going to be horrible. What are you talking about? Which of his Double limbs zero are going is to the fall good off? One. The air reeks of garbage, refuge, and the fetid stench of raw, untreated sewage. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Yeah, okay. Oh, I have to deal with all this. Away. No, I this is... Have you not taken a shower recently? Yeah, I need to. I need to. I need to clean up. That's always. That's obviously the case. Oh my lord! We're gonna have to take you in for uh, a med check or something. You're a stinky boy. Well, I'm sure it'll pass. And by You're the way, guys, boy. I really appreciate the way you all stood by me. I've got your backs through thick and thin. I don't want you to worry. I, you know, I realize how much you guys care. Well, that's good. That's we did good. take care of you. Pretty Very well, much. Indeed. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, Rusty smells absolutely terrible. If there was a dump truck nearby, he would actually smell worse than that. In addition, he does appear to be sort of a blackish blue. However, he was bedridden for a week and a half, and you know he had the void death. So you have no idea if this is normal or not. Could just be side effects of the disease. I would say, you know, wait a day or two before you actually, you know, like shoot him at an airlock. I mean, you know. Yeah. Put him on a pedestal. In space, nobody knows you smell. Exactly. Though, I do have somewhat more sensitive sense of smell than everyone else, so I'm, I'm going to stand downwind. Yeah, I'm putting my environmental suit on. Uh, <laughs> we might have one of the use that vacuum uh, again. I'm going to find a mirror and spruce a bit, just, you know, because. You can find the sonic shadow. All right, so we, uh, we, we have our... Our, our package on our uh, the hippo the hippo yes yeah goods we got all of our little doggy cocoons <laughs> yes, never thought do. I'd say that sentence before uh, and I think we did some Intel gathering is that correct Tuttle you you hacked the uh, ship and we yeah, we found some of the logs, and they indicated that uh, they somehow evacuated to the at, to the drift rock to the asteroid. Right. So it sounds like that's where we're going. Next. Yeah. To give a little recap, just because it's been several weeks for for well us and the listeners, you hack the computer, 
and it turned out that the crew were exploring an asteroid surface, aka probably the Drift Rock, and they found those strange geodes. They brought them back, and then they hatched into the Akatas, the space dogs, and started to slaughter the crew. And they couldn't figure out, they were getting overwhelmed, they were getting killed. So they opened the doors to space, they spaced the entire vehicle, that did not work, and they still were attacking. So the last you heard is they, they set the ship on autopilot back to Absalon Station, they abandoned ship, and they fell back to the rock and regrouped there. And that's where it ends. So, uh... Unless somebody has a different idea, I think we ought to check out that uh, rock. I mean, about how big is the rock? Yeah, that's a good question. Also, follow up when you say they fell back to the rock, numbers two, five, twenty, a hundred. You don't know because this was the captain. I'll tell you exactly what you see. The captain's final entry was recorded in engineering and shows the captain in a spacesuit. You just see him, and he says, quote, Purging the air didn't work. I've set the autopilot to continue onto Absalon Station, but we're abandoning ship. We'll fall back to the rock and try to regroup there. Acheron out. That's it. Cool. There's eight bunks, and assuming, well, they could be sleeping in shifts. Also, so, the computer uh, should have a list of the full crew, right? That is true. That's true. Well, whatever, however many there are, we got to go investigate. Yeah, and the other true. question. I mean, they're, they're probably in trouble well, because. Yeah, if they're space zombies, you know, that could be bad. And Jason had asked about the size of the rock. The size of the rock? The size of the rock is a few thousand feet in diameter. Oh, so it's big enough there could even be like caves or room inside of it or something. Yeah, it's quite large. So I say we head over there. Yeah, let's go there. Yep, it's time. Dungeon crawl. I say we set this ship to self-destruct and get out of here. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, never That'd mind. Be awesome. What What would be the space term for dungeon crawl? Besides space dungeon crawl. Oh, I was just gonna say space, space dungeon crawl. <laughs> Everything. I, I knew that one. You just take fantasy, any fantasy trope. You just put space in front of it. For I example, understand. <laughs> the goblins are called space goblins. Orcs will be called space orcs, and so forth. Speaking of which, the goblins are like, oh, oh, are we ready to go? Yeah, yeah, we need to go. Where are we going? Yeah, yeah, we're excited. Where are we going, guys? Where are we going? Mm, huh. Forgot about uh, them, didn't we? I think we can bring them to the, uh, I think we, well, do they want to go to the asteroid? Because we're, we're, we're here on the partial rescue mission. We're, 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 we're gathering intel. If you guys have no objections, we can bring the goblins with yes, us yes, to the we'll, asteroid. We'll go with you. Yes, yes. We like Tuttle. Yes, Tuttle, Tuttle, and don't forget our new friend Cheddar. Yes, Cheddar, the honorary goblin. Yes, yes. Well, if you'd like to help us, that's fine, but I'm afraid there won't be any reward or remuneration in it for you. I mean, we have a contract with the Oxians, yeah. and we're going to have to honor that contract, intruding, gathering everything we find. We can promise you that we can bring you back to civilization, though. Certainly. To Absalon Station. Oh, good enough. Yes, yes. Continue our work. Yes, continue our work. Yes, we don't need much. Bailing wire and sticky tape. That's our reward. Yes. And to see uh, Cheddar. Cheddar in glorious combat using Murgle. Don't forget Murgle. Cheddar. Oh, they've appealed to my vanity. Clearly, I'm, clearly I'm in these? favor of bringing them along. 
Yeah. Do we want to arm them? Because I believe they're unarmed. Because uh, uh, Kuroji was absolutely nope. insane about them last time, not trusting them. Yeah. yeah, I gotta be honest, I'm actually running low on guns myself, so I don't want to give them our spares. I want to use them. I have one oh, or two we, bullets we left in my gun. They have they have dog slicers and junk yeah, lasers. they have their own guns. Great. But we took those away. Yeah, and ah. you took away all their grenades and other items, too. Oh, the grenades well, I might need. Yeah, we shouldn't trust them with grenades. They're gonna mess. They're, as bad as we are, we, I would <laughs> expect them to be much worse. Um, but I think we should at least give them their guns back. Yeah, I mean, these are literally a dog junk, dog slicer and junk lasers. Junk lasers are total garbage. Yep. Junk lasers are crafted with a mishmash of broken casing, leaking energy cells, and other random materials. So it's not something you would actually want. Oh, and they explode, so. Uh, grenades. Let's talk with the F-Spare. I used mine up except for one, so... We have their grenades. Those are those are in our. They have. You didn't do anything with them. Yeah. There's an Let's incendiary up, grenade. I need a couple oh, of grenades. Oh, okay. Here, let me go through what you found. There's an incendiary grenade, two shock grenades, and a sticky bomb grenade. There's also two detonators as well. What, uh, what is the shock grenade? It literally just it's it just does shock damage. That's all. So what, it doesn't what, what, do real damage. Uh, I'll take the. No, it does, no, it does real damage. It does electricity. That's a oh. type of damage. Uh, I could use a shock and an incendiary. Sounds good. You guys all have incendiaries already, I think. Or I have one. This will give me three grenades. I've been going through them fast. Mo has no grenades. Shock grenade, incendiary grenade. What else do you have? There's a sticky bomb grenade, which is I'll basically. Take, I'll take that one. It's like a Tanglefoot bag. Of it. I, only I think took I one have one. I think I have one incendiary left, and I used all my regular ones. I have a frag grenade left. All right, so you're. But good. I also have the button. You do. <laughs> so I'll give the incendiary to Rusty. And one shock. And you. one shock. And who's taking the sticky bomb? Me. Good thing you stink at them. I know. Chris, I'm removing my second semi-automatic pistol from my sheet. It is now yours. You have two bullets. It's now mine to keep? Yes, and thank you very much for looking after me. Uh, you know, it, you totally earned it, and then so. Oh, wow. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're honorable. Uh, you guys are honorable. I really appreciate it. You're as honorable as you are stinky. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta get some perfume. <laughs> That's a good one. And, the, and there's, do they have like a sonic shower on this ship? I know. Right? I'm thinking more of like a lye and acid bath might do the trick. Yeah, that's okay. I might do that. Maybe fire. Purify Maybe. it with fire. That's true. Tomato juice. Haven't you ever met a dog? Right for the skunk smell. Right. I I saw. I heard there's two detonators. What's a detonator? Yeah, that might be a question for the actual goblins. They may have rigged something. Detonators, it's a conical device that primes and detonates explosives, including grenades, with the push of a button. So basically, you can program a detonator to a specific package of explosive. It takes one minute, and then you can trigger it lots of different ways. You can either press the button, you can do a four-digit command code, or a complex input method such as scanning your retina or like your thumbprint. So it allows you to basically hook up bombs 
and then head for the hills and then press the button. Or you could hook up a bomb and then have it like go off only at, you know after like ten minutes or something. Well, that's it awesome. allows you to yeah it allows that you to make bombs very useful. Yeah, it allows you to make bombs into sorry grenades into bombs. I want one of those. There's two. I take one. Do you need an engineering uh, proficiency to use that, or is that just like a weapon? No, you just do it. It takes a minute to hook up. Anyone can do it. Ages 8 to adult. Still, if nobody has any objections, I think I'll take one. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, After I run out of bullets, I'm just going to have one laser pistol, so I may need to use the flamethrower, but we'll see what happens when I run out of ammo. Oh, the flame pistol? That only has two shots on it. Well, uh, even so. Well, I mean, I'm hoping we're going to get some more weapons as we go along. I have extra batteries, too, I think. Good. Do flame pistols work in uh, vacuums? Good question. Guessing yes. Very good question. Yeah, according to all the rules, everything works in a vacuum, more or less. Okay, all right. I think they've kind of done a generic, like, future tech fudge where somehow this stuff all works. Yeah, like well, they have, they, um, might they, be oxidized they have like flares uh, liquid. And things that work underwater. Yeah. It's like you know, have and oxygen like mixed in, oxygen supply mixed yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Could be just an oxidized liquid. Who, who's taking the second shot grenade? Mo will take it if nobody else wants All it. All right, Mo is actually rid- proficient. Yeah, just to get rid of the Actually, uh, Tuttle's grenade. proficient too, by the way. Oh, oh nice. great. Tuttle, you want it? Yeah, why don't I take it then? All right, there you go. That way, Mo will have no grenades. That's perfect. Okay. All right. You guys are all set. You're ready to go. Let's go out to the asteroid. Let's go out to asteroid. We have to fly there in our other ship, right? No, it's just parked right outside, right? Isn't it? Yeah. How does that work? Can we just spacewalk to it or do we got to get the ship again? That is an interesting idea. Yes. There are two ways you can get to it, it seems. You can go to your ship and maybe find somewhere to land. It is quite large. Or there are cables that are attached from this ship to the asteroid that would require you to do a spacewalk from the ship to the asteroid. That's how they did it. Well, so, isn't, aren't we attached to this ship? Our uh, little ship the is hippo stopped. is attached yeah. to... Yes, the hippo okay. is attached to this ship. The Ar- and then the asteroid is being dragged behind... The Acheron by yeah. you know several hundred feet behind it. Uh, I, I, well, I, I don't mind if you guys want to. I'll do a spacewalk if you guys want to split our forces. I'm not a big fan of the spacewalk. It sounds like way too much work. Yeah, oh, I, I'm with that. Uh, all right, but do we know how to like attach ourselves to? Do we have the equipment on the uh, Hippo to attach this? This ship is designed to work on asteroids. That's like saying. Uh, you can't bring this ship onto the asteroid. You have to bring the hippo onto the asteroid. Right. Our smaller ship. Oh. All right. Well, in that case, yeah, let's do that then. And I'm, and I'm, a, I'm a Cracker Jack pilot too, so I can I can land. Yeah, we can actually uh, – can we do a scan of it? Is that something that uh, – like, Yeah. Okay, let's do that before we actually Scan for life forms. There. Yeah. Scan for life forms. So tell me what you're doing. I guess we're going to go into our into the hippocampus and uh, detach and uh, scan and maneuver around the, where the asteroid is and scan scan it. Ooh, what are the goblins going to do? They're coming with us. They're coming with us. Okay, so do you guys all do that? Yeah. 
all right the goblins we come on and they're like wow look at this ship oh my god look at this this is great oh boy this is so much fun and they're like poking and prodding and they start like don't pushing touch all those the buttons, buttons. <laughs> and they're like it's like where's the no. weapons where's the weapons we want to see the weapons can you show us the weapons this is a ship of peace and exploration is the hippo a lot smaller than this ship yes. yeah it can actually hold four people comfortably um, but you could, you know, it's, oh yeah, it's like a little shuttle, but you know, these guys are small. You can, you can fit them on the ship. Okay, Besides, okay. They love, they love cheddar so much. They could keep them company in the cargo. Yeah. Hold. Uh, yeah. Let's just go on the hippo and do that. They're like, oh wow. Look at all this. And they like, well, what do you do with them? Exactly. We tell them to sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't speak Quiet. unless spoken to. We'll t- treat them like a, 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 a rotten stepchild. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we we strap them in, you know, and say, "Hey, you know, we these seat buck, bu- these seat belts are uh, for safety purposes. It's an insurance thing that you have to stay seated while the ship is in motion." So there you go. They look at you and they're like, "Seat belt." He says, "Are you you're putting us under arrest? Are you restraining us? Why are we attached to the seat like this?" No, no, no. Our our little friends. We're concerned with your safety. We want to make sure you're safe. Ah, Rusty smart. Rusty much smarter now that he's stinky. Ah, he's smart as he is stinky. And you know it's not good when goblins are calling you stinky. Or smart, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> I turn the fans on high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well you know, it's just... I'm going to roll the windows down the air. The, I yeah. need to break it to you, so... <laughs> We're going to roll the windows down on the ships to uh, air it out a little bit. Maximum filters. <laughs> okay, so you guys could depart from your home, away from home, the Acheron. So what are you going to do? Our new salvage rights is... Okay, so we're going to circle the asteroid and... and scan it. Yeah, who whoever does the scanning has to scan it. Like, I... I Actually, you know what? Um, That is usually Tuttle. Maurice Dupinsky is going to be the man behind the trigger while you guys scan stuff. So all you guys got to do is blink. Oh, yeah. What are the rolls? I presume the rolls are the same as last time. All you guys got to do is blink, and I'm shooting. Are you ready to go? Yeah, Yeah, I'm ready to go. All we have to do is get it out. When can I start yelling at people again? Whenever you want. Excellent. Dr. Tuttle, start scanning for ally forms. Rest of you, get us over to that rock. Okay. Aye, aye. Goblins, stay right where you are and don't move. Yeah. Well, we have to move if we're going to breathe. Yeah, do you want us to suffocate and kill ourselves? Yeah, I don't think he knows what don't move means. He's not a very smart goblin. No, he's not a very smart goblin. Is the shuttle equipped with uh, baby seats, like little uh, toddler seats for the goblins? No, Tuttle doesn't need a baby seat. Okay. (laughs) All right, so what, what does our scans tell us? Computers check. Tuttle. Now, are you going to aid that, Rusty, or is that too late for you to do that? Well, too yeah. Late. The other question is, can I just take You rolled a 24, d20 plus 12, and rolled the 24. Yeah, no, that's really good. Did you just okay. what? Well, Jason. we have a captain. Well, no, I was wondering if this is a situation where we can take 20, but... Nope. So, you scan the drift drop using the hippo's sensors, you learn that the asteroid has no atmosphere and is primarily composed of rock and metal. Strangely, the sensors can pick up no additional information. 
as if the drift rock itself is interfering with the sensor readings. Quite odd. Hmm. What kind of asteroid has no atmosphere? How can it be jamming our transmission if it doesn't know we're... Oh, <laughs> yeah. Turn back, it's a trap. <laughs> so, in reality, what, right? uh, what that sounds like to me is the actual caves are in the very center of it under, like, hundreds to thousands of feet of rock, right? You can do a more detailed survey, a visual survey, if you will, that will require a physical science check to inspect the asteroid visually, you know, with your eyes. You mean up close? I mean, like, on, when we land on it or from? From orbit. You can okay. sort of scan I, I, it and I, I can go do, around. I can do that. Is that something? Hold on. Is that something Rusty can help with? Of course. Yes. Rusty, maybe. can you help with that? Yeah. Everybody rolls too fast and our captain is so, left in so the... After all this, after all this high-tech shit, we're going to look out a window. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, but I'm, I'm going to encourage you to this. really look out a window. Well, does, that, <laughs> does, that, does that work now? Does what work? His encouraging, his captaining things? Is that... Oh, I don't know. I'll say it does. They also redid all the rolls, so they're way easier. I think you automatically get it now. It's like a DC 15 or something. Whatever the standard encourage to aid another is, is what you can do. So DC 10. But he's oh, got... okay, DC. So, all right. You want to roll that first? Let's I think see. I'm the only one with life science. It's actually only in combat, so you know right, what? I'm going to say thought. you can't do it. Because Mo can actually start shooting at the only. asteroid if that helps. Hiroji, okay. he, he scans. Rolls a four. Asteroid, rolls a four and gets an 11. Does anyone else wish to put their peepers on the asteroid while you drift no around? No one else has that skill. I will make a perception check. Excellent. All right. Oh, that works? All right. Moe's going to also do that. He's looking through Didn't the sight of work. a gun. Rolls a four and gets a five for his perception check. I got a 17 modified perception. Interesting. As you hey, do, I beat a, a fifteen. That's all I know. As you do a so slow circle around the asteroid, you notice one unusual feature. Well, that's not true. You notice a couple of unusual features. One side of the drift rock seems to have been sheared cleanly off, as if it was once part of a larger planetoid or celestial body. Hmm. Uh. Mr. Rusty notices something else quite unusual. Unlike most asteroids, this one is completely smooth. It has no impact craters. It's like it's been protected from the ravages of space for millions of years. Interesting. And this cut is a straight cut, like a knife? Or is it just a break, like you break a rock into? It is a straight cut, like a knife. In addition... Rusty, while exploring and visually inspecting the drift rock, you find a rocky overhang concealing a cave entrance that seems uh, to lead inside the asteroid. It's very uh, hard to see, but his keen eyes, enhanced with his rejuvenated <laughs> health, managed to find this hidden entrance. Are you Wait, sure? I smell something. That's not me. No, I, I think... Cheddar found this. I think Cheddar <laughs> saw this. Uh, you say it's smooth. Is it smooth enough to land on? You can land on anything. I mean, it has very weak gravity. It's just unusual that it's a asteroid and then one side of it is completely smooth, as if it was 
attached to something else or cut in half. It's hard to tell. In addition, you also notice there's a rocky overhang with a very small cave entrance that's big enough for you to park your ship, but that's about it. Uh, I would probably ask Dr. Tuttle, uh, could he fasten the ship to something and we could actually land next to that entrance and keep the, the ship there? You could definitely land the ship in the cave, you see, the rocky cave. Oh, it's big enough for the ship to go in. Yeah, oh, the, okay. that's what I said. The ship. Oh, sorry, I missed that. Yeah, oh, it's different. It's, it it's parking it's, outside of it. You can yeah, park. Me too. You can do both. You can park on the space. You can do anything you want. You can park on the asteroid itself and walk around. You can park on the the smooth part or the rougher parts, which really isn't that rough because there's no debris or anything on it. Or there's like a little cave where it looks like you can just sort of fit the ship and you guys can get out and see what's going on in there. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm heading for the cave, and I. I fly in there and park it there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there's you, the decision. You fly into the cave without any problem whatsoever. You do some reconnaissance with the lights on the ship, and you notice that the cave seems to turn into a tunnel that's bored into the drift rock's interior directly. The tunnel's very small. It only seems to be wide enough to have um one person go at a time it's only a five feet wide it looks like it is natural and it is going further into the drift rock all right i say we we head uh, head into that tunnel and into that cave and i think that these goblins should go first because they have the darkness <laughs> <laughs> uh so they won't want to do that a few things hey, goblins you guys are really tired of being fastened on this ship if you want to get off we're about to dock Oh, oh, no, we like it here. Yes, yes, we like the ship. Yes, these seats are nice and smooth yeah. and nice and bouncy. Yes, and we like the tightness, the tightness of these seat belts. Yes, they you, keep us you nice want to be and left behind. And safe. Is that what you as want as to be left behind? As long as we can take behind? the keys so they can't leave without us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want them monkeying around, though. Right. You know, that's not Oh, uh, yeah. They're, no, they're coming with. They're coming yeah, with. Yeah, of course. They're coming it's, with. They're, they're not going to. We're not leaving them behind. No, 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 no. We'd, we'd love it if you joined us. In yeah. fact, we'd really be a little insulted if you didn't, guys. We insist. <laughs> yeah, if you insist, Zerk and Torsa will go. Yes, we love to explore strange new worlds. Oh, yes, right. yes. Okay. Yeah, powerful. Do you like to seek out weapons? New civilizations. Yeah. They don't have to go first, though. Uh, so a few notes. There's no atmosphere whatsoever. The tunnels in room, the tunnels that you see in the cave are completely dark. There's also no gravity. Ooh, really? No gravity? There has to be some gravity. For all intents and it's purposes, there is rock. no gravity. Yeah, okay. The gravity is so weak, there might as well be no gravity. What does that mean? There's no gravity. That means you get to play with the zero-G rules. Oh, what could possibly go wrong with those, shall we? You remember reading those, don't you, Chris? Oh, yeah, I do. I wrote a paper on it. <laughs> <laughs> I will explain to you how this works. Okay, this is actually how it works. It's pretty tricky. Is you, If you're inside zero-G, you can move in a given direction, and you'll continue to move in that direction at the same speed each turn. So if you decide to move you know, whatever, 10 feet around, you will continue to move 10 feet around until you bump into something, whether it is another character who is in front of you or a wall. 
in which case you must make a check, an acrobatics or athletics check, to avoid gaining the off-kilter condition, which basically just gives you like a negative two on a whole bunch of things. So you can hit something, go spitting in space. You can also grab onto things to sort of help you move along. The good news is that the cave looks to be pretty narrow, so then there's enough like nooks and crannies that you can probably grab and slowly move yourself through the cave um, by grabbing onto the sides and sort of inching your way across. I guess this is why they call it the Drift Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think uh, I'm going to ask the GM a question. A question I think... uh... This uh, gaming system hasn't addressed. Uh, does our encumbrance change in zero G? Ah, yes. You can now hold up to ten times your normal amount. That's well. I guess somebody thought of that. <laughs> wow, that's huge. All right, Jason, I'm taking you all can my now carry Cheddar around on your back. Cheddar, on the other hand, because he has booster rockets, can fly perfectly and has none of these issues and he can tow us interesting can he tow us probably he could i don't know if we want to be towed. it would be a space conga line he could tow you guys but keep in mind what will end up happening is if cheddar stops you guys will all crash into cheddar and then it gets really messy because cheddar will then go forward and it become like this endless elastic rubber band where you're going back and forth and back and yeah, forth and then like you're all get, exactly you all get the uh, off kilter it's it basically Ooh. what you have to do is none of you have a climb and none of you can like climb on walls so what you really need to do also you can't uh take guarded steps at all and you can't do reactions really sometimes you can but what happens is you say, I'm going to go that way, and you keep going that way until you say, I'm going to stop going that way, and you try to grab onto either someone else or you drag, or you try to grab onto a solid object such as the wall. And if you do make a DC 20 acrobatics or athletic check, you will safely stop your movement. If you don't, you're off kilter and just get minus two to your attacks and stuff until you're no longer off kilter. All right. It's a DC 20. DC 20. Oof. Well, I suggest we well, all read up on the rules, but in no, the meantime, we'll get them wrong the first time it happens, and yeah. there it is. Now, you say there's no guarded steps. I'm looking at someone that said you can always move five foot, although I don't know if a that's creature a creature in zero action. gravity environment can't take move actions at its move speed, crawl, or guard, take a guarded step. They can't. You cannot. All right, a creature okay. in zero gravity cannot take move actions to move its speed, crawl, or take a guarded step. Even if they make an athletics check and all that stuff. No, it's totally different rules here. Okay. All right. I love these rules. Right, so so let's disembark. You ready? Yep. Ready. So you're, you're up. If we're tethered to each other, I suggest we use at least a very elastic band. That way well, we Well, let's can... talk about how you're going to do this. The cave tunnel you see appears to be five feet in width but about 15 feet high so there's a lot of space vertically but side to side you're gonna have to go single file unless you're on top of each other it's really up to you that's first thing second thing light sources there's it's pitch black in here so we all have the flashlights though right that are attached 
attached. You all have flashlights in your head. That's correct. So that'll give you 15 feet, and that's it, though. But you know what? Um, goblins have dark vision that's longer than yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, as do, as do have, Chatter and I. Yeah, the only one who has who has true dark vision because that will allow you to see in the dark as opposed Chatter. to low light. That's both me and Chatter. Okay, well then you guys don't need none of that stuff, and the goblins also can see. So maybe the goblins go first. Well, or one goblin goes up front, one goblin is in the rear. Wait, Tuttle can see as far as them? They all have dark vision? They can see I'll, 60 I'll feet. I'll go up front. I mean, well, you I don't just have want, to I go don't... up front. You just tell us what you see. I'll go first, but, you know, how, how, what's the range of your vision? I mean, it's got to be huge. 60 feet. Okay, that's great. Um, we can barely move, so that doesn't matter. I don't mind going first, but... 60 feet away when you say something or when you see something, you'll just say, say something. something. Just yeah. Say. If you see something, all I know, say something. All I know is I'm standing behind Cheddar. That's all I know. I don't want to be in front of Cheddar when that thing goes off. Well, he has uh, an exhaust. Okay. The line of death. All right. Marching order. Mo, Cheddar, Tuttle, uh, Hiroji, Rusty, two goblins behind me. Works for me. Uh, I say to the two goblins, guys, if you see anything in front of us, let me know. If you see anything behind us, let me know. I want one of you watching in both directions. You're very important to this team. Ah, good, good. We see stuff. We see stuff. Yes, we see lots of stuff. Yes, there's rocks. Rocks. Yes, lots of rocks. Oh, look, little metal, little metal filings. Yes, is that important? Did we do well, Mr. Rusty? Very well, but I don't think you have to tell me about the rocks ever again. Oh, okay. So, no rocks. Got it. Well, you've already told me. That's all. If you see trouble, let us know. Yes. Other living things or threats or dangers. Threats and dangers. Ah, yes. That's our entire life. Yes. Well, if you see any other living thing that's not the four and a half of us, let us know. Look, we have Tuttle. We have, ah, we have Tuttle and Cheddar. We don't, we don't need the goblins to be, you know. Yeah, I'm look giving them something to do. Come on. Yeah, all right. I don't think they're going to be valuable. <laughs> oh, they're, they're going to rob us eventually. Yeah. I mean, no, yeah. I, I don't trust them. Fact, so I, you I guys go of... into, you guys, what are you leaving on the ship, if anything? Um, I'm taking all my weapons, so. Um, yeah, I'm taking all mine. I guess. I don't think I have a lot of extra stuff. So I mean, the, the crate is on the ship still? Yeah, the crate's on the ship. We, we locked the ship and, down. And, and, the ship's on lockdown. And our the ship money. is on lockdown. And the money and the Narquil and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Okay, so do you guys start going through the cavern in this yeah. marching order? Let's go. I'm almost tempted to have the goblins like, wait in front of the ship outside and just guard it. Well, I'm starting to think of two good uses for those detonators right now. <laughs> okay, so you guys can go. How are you guys? Are you any of you? Are you using the ropes? Are you... You do have the handholds. There's definitely enough handholds for you to inch your way down this corridor and inch your way slowly. Um, you can't go full speed, but you can kind of go slowly. Yeah, I, I think we yeah. don't want to necessarily be tethered to each other because um, one person's going to cause a lot of problems for other ones. Yeah, yeah. Ropes okay. are bad. Okay, no problem. So you start going down this corridor, and you just see, you know, it appears to be rock very well cut and after going down for maybe a hundred feet or so 
Someone could do a physical science check if they want. That would not be most. I look at Tuttle. Yeah, just a second. There we go. Tuttle, with his 25 check, easily notes that this cavern seems to be the same height and width the entire way. This is not natural, although it looks natural. This looks like it was uh, excavated from the rock and the asteroid. Just an FYI. While you guys are inching your way down, suddenly you hear on your comm set, the goblins are like, Mr. Rusty, Mr. Hiroji! Oh no, oh no, there's something, there's something! Oh no, that's not good, oh no! Could you point at it, boys? How we turn around, what, what? what they're, they're pointing behind you, and you can see the bloom of fire as the hippocampus is leaving. Wait, what? The hippo has our, ignited our its engine stolen right and it just left oh no did we lock that down question where is the camera drone oh it's with you guys okay, okay. i was wondering if maybe the camera drone was like actually some sort of like secret agent and the undead guy got what he needed and left without us um no nope. but Tuttle did two. lock it down though yeah we did lock it down right oh yeah you locked it down definitely. okay 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 yeah but there's uh Mo says, oh, well, pressing on. Well, we're going to be marooned on this rock. Nah, nah. My concern Dude, is the quest do. item that we left no. on board, the package for the Oxians. That's your concern. That's your concern. That, that's worth <laughs> yeah. money. The ship was given to us. We have to return it. Yeah, but yeah. the ship is filled with our loot, though, it's, too. It's a shuttle. Huh? It's well. dime a dozen. Anyhow. Well, all is not lost, because we do have the big ship still, so there is that. Yeah, you see it, like, just leave. And you know you locked like it down, that. but now it's really dark. <laughs> you had the flash of bright light as the engines kicked in, and the uh, the goblins look worried. They're like, uh, uh, what do we do now, Mr. Tuttle? Oh. Well, we got to press on to see what's in here. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know why you're asking. To All we got to do is go to the... Uh, the other ship. I mean, we're tethered the to the other, the Akron. So, yeah, no big deal. We do this all the, the time. The only way out is forward. Yeah, and someone is going to have to pay for that. Okay. They, they, they can't maroon us here like that. That's horrible. They stole our ship. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. Nice. A map. Space map. You continue going down this corridor for quite a while. It's hard for you to get your orientation and bearing, but you've probably been going a good 10 minutes down this corridor when suddenly you come to a fork in the road, literally. Since there's no direction in space, we will just say you're coming from the west, and their fork one way goes to the east, and it seems to be going down to the south, and then there's another one that's going to the northeast that's going up. We can't do this sideways like Dig Dug. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no, lead the way. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'm going uh, I'm going up. Excellent. Good choice. In fact, I say Rusty. Yeah, just go up here and I'll spice things out in... Rusty's. Do you have any more bullets for my gun? Oh, uh, no. Sorry about that. There's only the two that you have left. You mean uh. space bullets. Well, actually, bullets. It's a semi-automatic. I'll, I'll have my uh, my uh, laser pistol drawn. 
Well, yeah, I have my pistol in my hand. I'm going to use my last two bullets, and then I have to get my laser pistol. So, uh, Can I press on? You see in front of you Ooh, no. a large cavern that appears to be at least 20 feet by 20 feet, if not larger. The ceiling is a good 30 feet high. That is... Uh, Actually, Steve, quick question. Dangerous. Yes? The, the crew of the Akron is who we're looking for. I actually can't remember who originally was paying them. Was it Astral Excavations or the... Was it the, the Union? Uh, Astral Extractions hired the Hard Scrabble to do the exploration. So they were subcontracted by... They were Union boys. Yeah, okay. they were Union boys. So these guys, if you remember were hard scrabble and right. you were trying to re- trying to get some money or some recompense for the families of all the missing or dead crew members or find if they're alive which could be true too so yeah i can see that far wall correct yeah you can see you have well because i have dim vision you have i, I don't you have dark only vision, go to 15 feet so you could only see that's actually with, a retro that's with that. my flashlight though it I only mean, goes 15 feet that's uh that's, oh, a, that's you a have a flashlight. flashlight the flashlight goes 20 feet but you don't have a flashlight you have a headlamp and the headlamp goes oh uh, oh okay i actually have both so i have both you have both but you have to put yeah. one in your hand I, yeah, so I put, I put it in my left yeah, hand give me yeah. a flashlight so okay I, take the flashlight yeah there you go, Mom. I, I got this I, I got the flashlight that you take your dog for a walk and that's about it okay you so. got the dog walk flashlight again you can't even see the ceiling because it's it's the ceiling here is 15 feet but up here it's more than 15 yeah it's like 30 plus feet above you the cord the you can see right to the end where it's a good 20 it looks like a 20 by 20 room and there's another exit to the northeast yeah, this is a dangerous area, guys. It's it's a big open space. I, I don't like this. So I'm going to very quite carefully go five feet further and suss out the west. Okay, thanks for the warning. Uh, we're going to stay here where it's safe while you search. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Uh, all right, so it looks like an empty chamber. Give me a perception check. Rolls a 19, gets a 20 wow, for perception. good job. That's pretty good. Excellent. You notice in the middle of the room towards the ceiling, it was a little hard to see, a dead humanoid body is floating in this cavern. This place is a tomb. Um, okay, so do I see with my 20 perception, do I see anything more? Like, is this humanoid wearing a spacesuit? Is it a... Uh, Absalon station spacesuit? Is it a battle suit? What's is it, he's or... in the shadows near the ceiling, which is just at the edge of the flashlight. You can see the humanoid, but that's it. You're gonna have to fly up towards the ceiling to see him. All right, I'm gonna tell Cheddar there is a humanoid over there. You want to check that humanoid out, and I'm gonna let Cheddar go in front of me just to check. Is he actually think Cheddar understands him? Yeah. Well, I'm cl- I'm actually saying it to Tuttle, hoping ah, Tuttle will, okay. will tell him. Okay, that's much. But better. I'm going to pretend that I'm in charge because it helps him. You know, well, have, have, you were uh, looking straight at Cheddar just, while you were talking. Yeah, you? yeah. Have him bring it down if he can. Yeah, I'm not concerned about bringing it down. I'm concerned of it coming down on us. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Tuttle. Cheddar does have kind of. What do you think, do you think has, should be done, Tuttle? 
I mean, Cheddar does have better maneuverability than the rest of us. Absolutely. I, I like big chambers like that scare the hell out of me. That's why I don't want to go in that room. So, um, I, I defer to Tuttle's expertise with his, uh, goblin robot there. So let's, I mean, we can go the other way if you want. That's fine with me. No, no, let's go head on. But if things come alive, then I don't want to be out there swinging around with my dick in my hand. I, I'd rather have a maneuverable. I'm guessing uh, it's probably um, one of the crew. I guess I'm going to send Cheddar up there to kind of bump the body back towards us. All right. Sound plan. I like it. Does Cheddar have like a Dalek suction, suction cup? He can grab it. He's got jump jets. Though. Rebound him. Rebound him down to us. Let's see if bank shot. I think, I think we lost Steve. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Who wants to be the GM now? All right. I'll GM. Okay. So Cheddar goes up. Cool. He, he, oh, hold on. Steve told us to wait. All right. Uh, I had a great encounter idea too. All right. I, I don't know. I think you were cheating at the rules. Let's argue it out. I was using the space billiard rules. <laughs> That'd be, uh -oh. How awesome would it be if we were just moving forward <laughs> and uh, Steve is telling us about this great encounter and we were just, you know, uh, talking amongst ourselves, moving into a dangerous yeah. area. Actually, I think that that was what was happening, actually. Space, space <laughs> be... no one can hear you, Discord. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you disconnect. That's my Event Horizon reference. That you guys don't get. I, no I, one I, saw. I, I, I saw Event Horizon, and I like. No, did, did no, you did. Get you the fell asleep in it. Like I, I, I was, I was an AFK for two seconds. What was your reference? My uh, Event Horizon reference was this: Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, as soon as he gets onto the Event Horizon, he goes, "This place is a tomb." That's right. And uh, it's uh, that soundbite is used by Frontline Assembly. Now, the fr Frontline Assembly is very good music, and uh, they have a song that starts out. It goes, this place is a tomb, 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 tomb. And Let me back up where I was saying. So all I'm saying is not to be a pain here, but do you just want him to crawl up the side and slowly get up to where the body is? Yeah, why well, don't I have him do it that way then? Since it is zero G, he could just kind of work his way up the wall or something. Yeah, otherwise what will happen is he'll use the jump jets and then he will... He'll smack into the ceiling or something. Yeah, Can't he just, like, launch himself toward the body? Like, once yes, he, but then he yeah. will hit the ceiling. It's zero gravity. He will literally well, launch up and then hit. And then he has to make an acrobatics or athletics check to grab on while he's... Spinning. He doesn't have actual flight. He has, like, basically a turbo boost type thing. He has a... This is what it does. Everyone understand this. It allows him to jump up... And then back down once per minute, 30 feet. That's it. That's all he can do. Well, as long as Jason knows what he's, what, what's, what's going on, I'll... He has an acrobatics of one and an athletics of two. So he actually can make the roll. It's a DC 20. So he <laughs> could, in theory, eventually grab on. So it's not impossible. It doesn't damage him or anything. It just gives him a minus two to hit when he's trying to attack. And he's off kilt. Well, if he's going slow, that's that's fine. Um, but if he if he if he gets in trouble, like if this thing comes alive and starts shooting acid out of its mouth, 
then he can use the jump shots to get out, I would assume. Is that exactly. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, he can use it to get out of places. It's not going to be used for maneuverability, though. I mean, I, 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 I move. I go over here. I'm like, you know, I don't know if this big clunky robot's the best thing for this. Like, I'm very agile. No, go for it. What, what did you say his acrobatics was? A plus two? two or something, yeah. Yeah, I have a plus 11. So okay, well, you ought to make. I mean, you only have to run a ten. You a nine, it's a, a DC ten. It's a DC twenty. Yeah, I'm like Tuttle. I, I, I second thought. You know what? I'm just going to do it. And uh, I I attempt to launch. I say, can someone actually? Can someone cover me just in case? Like stand where I am standing now. All right, so I'm going to kip up and and go that way to the body. Okay, you kip up, and sure enough. As you fly towards the ceiling, you see a floating dead humanoid body that seems to be wearing an Aztec suit. A floating fat man? Yeah, not quite. You manage to bunch, sort of brush past him and about to land on the ceiling. You can give me a quick athletics and acrobatics check. 24, you easily grab onto the ceiling with no problem whatsoever as you are quick and agile. You are also in complete darkness as you can't even see the bottom because you're now 30 feet up and your light only goes 15 feet. But you do see a dead body floating in space next to your head. Not creepy at all. What do you Okay, do? I grab its leg and I bounce down to try and get to the back to down to the ground. Okay, you bounce down. I can say that you spend a little bit of time just grabbing onto the wall if you want to make a check, or you could just like, you know, spend like, you know, you'll you'll just eventually grab on. If I could take a ten, I'll do that. Well, you you can't take a ten because there's a chance of failure. You could take a twenty, but um, there's nothing appearing to be attacking you right now, so you seem okay. All right, and you're back down to the ground with the body. All right, bring him into the tube. Yeah, drag him over to the tube. (laughs) We like the tube. Cheddar, come back in the tube. And uh, and let's take a closer look. Does this look like a crewman? Yep, it's the corpse of a human male, and he has a patch on it that reads Acheron. So it looks like he's wearing an Aztec suit, and he's quite dead. Does it have any sort of name tag or something? No, it just says Acheron. What does it say? How did baby he bear? Die? Baby bear. How did this guy die? I'm guessing his oxygen ran out. Well, you can do a medicine check to try to figure out what happened. Well, there are holes in this suit. Hiroji does a 13, and you can't tell what happened. Um, You look at the body, but you can't seem to figure out. I check his readouts for oxygen. I'm guessing he died from that because these suits have a limited amount of air. That is true, but you're unsure. Meanwhile, I'll give it a check as well. Um, 20. Tuttle easily makes a check and determines that he was he appears to have been attacked by the akatas and he has wounds across his body it doesn't look like he had the disease at all and it looked like he just succumbed to his wounds his spacesuit is intact so it looks like he probably just died of his wounds naturally wow I salute him uh, for his saving throw uh, prowess. <laughs> All right, I think we should leave him here for now and keep going, right? Yeah. Does he have any weapons? Oh, yeah, he has stuff on him. Oh, okay, yeah, what's he got? Well, first there's the Aztec suit itself. Um, he has a survival flare gun, 
but it appears to be empty. And he seems to have something on his armor, an upgrade of some sort, but someone will need to make an engineering check. Ooh. He has a what? Oh, an upgrade on his armor? Yeah. Yes. We need engineers. Who's our engineers? Me. That would be Tuttle me. and uh, Hiroji. Engineering check 19. Oh, nice. Tuttle is like, oh, that's a backup generator armor upgrade. That's a backup gener- generator armor upgrade? That's correct. What's that do? Oh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> does armory things, and it's kind of a backup, and it generates. It gener- Does it recharge batteries? Is that what that is? It allows you to connect charge electrical items such as batteries and recharge them. It's basically a kinetic energy. Oh, awesome. it, it, it stores kinetic energy from your movement, and it generates one charge for every 10 minutes of movement. So, yeah, you can basically... Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, you can basically attach your batteries to this and recharge them by moving. Nice. Is that something we can actually take off of this uh, suit, or is that something that's really involved? It's like a still suit. I bet, yeah, you can take it off, I think. And all, yeah, all of our I mean, like, is it just like yeah, a... You a, can, a yeah, you thing? can basically... You spend 10 minutes and you could unclip it and then attach it to your armor. It is completely modular. That's wonderful. All right. Who can use that? I don't need it much. Well, plug it into Cheddar. I mean, I, I use a lot of, I'm, I'm probably going to be using a lot of batteries on Cheddar now. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. go for it. I don't know if I have an upgraded slot on my armor. I have to double check that. That's something yeah. else. You need to have an upgrade slot in your armor. Hiroji, for example, I think only has one and he right. already used it. So, what I, oh, I, oh, yeah, that's right. I did, yeah. For your quick draw gun. Does it only charge things that are on your person, or could I be. I do have a slot, but could I charge up the. the, the you can uh, connect cheddar? anything to it. Okay. So you will be the personal battery for the entire <laughs> group. Okay. You're going to be like the hamster in the wheel. Um, Let me just check. Yeah, I do have. I'm pretty sure that. No, I don't have enough. No, I don't think I have an upgrade slot. No, I have an upgrade. Does the second skin have an upgrade slot? Can I charge up my my undead cyborg spots? I have another suit of uh, that I could use it on. Not this suit, though. Okay, so we're going to go onward, I guess. Uh, north? Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, second skin has one upgrade slot. Esatec then I, then I actually do have an upgrade slot Boom, for it. Boom, perfect. All right. So you can spend 10 minutes unattaching it from this poor dead feller and then 10 totally minutes it. attaching it to you if you wish. Totally. If we've got time, yeah. Yeah. We got, we got unlimited air. There's no even point checking our, our gauges. I can hold my breath a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Just it's like you have the crate and then you have, I don't forgot what that one was called. We're going to get them all. We got to get all of them, all the creep show references. We won't be putting up with these goddamn bugs. Leslie Nelson, no less. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay, so you spend 20 minutes. You managed to decouple it, put it back on, and now Tuttle is your rat in a wheel, basically. Uh, a wheel with a purpose. All right, the wheel of pain. So do you go right. northy? Yeah, what do yes. I see poking up 
I'm I'm clinging you to the rock. Small, you see a small corridor. That's leave everyone like. behind, Mo. Keep going. You're gonna leave everyone. I'm going. All right. Come on, goblin boys. And considering how slow movement is here, I doubt you want to start combat with people 25, 50 no, feet away. No, I don't want to do here. that. But I mean, it's kind of hard for everybody to know when I'm gonna make a move. So. Uh, no, I also have no problem with you running way on ahead, dealing with the danger, and I'll catch up later. Uh, we know that. Yeah, we definitely know that. That's not an issue because we're not gonna do it that way. Um. Okay. So yeah, you see a corridor that goes to the northeast. So Tuttle, can you get Cheddar? Follow right behind me. You see, it seems to lead into another very large cavern. Thank you. You can't even see the end of it. Okay, so if I go here, see this. This might be just Cheddar should probably go first because he can see farther than me. I, all I'm doing is I'm I'm actually doing nothing. All I'm doing is going first, but I I can't see as far as Cheddar, and I'm not maneuverable. I don't got that get out of. Here's dodge. the small problem: is I'm not sure what Cheddar's actual ability to give information back to us is, because there's a specific feat for like a specific drone mod for camera, which lets you like oh. see what the drone is seeing. I don't think that it kind of works that way. I don't think oh, we okay. can actually see what he's seeing. Okay. At least not unless I take that mod. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys through the intercom that this opens up into a wider passage. I think we should double back and go south. I really don't want to drift around here because right. this is just a not ideal combat situation. You're taking so. point. You're the one yeah. in danger. Go for it. Going down. Switching. Switching. Yep. Move along. Yeah. And, and I'm actually going to take out the... Um, the other pistol, because now that we know that maybe there's more of these stupid things. Uh, we decided to go down, and yeah, Mo is scared to... everywhere he goes, so he's going You're other places. Feeling, uh, I'm gonna inch very slowly. We're gonna keep the same. Fun. I bet there was a big thing of treasure in that cavern we didn't explore. Yeah, well, we'll get back to it. How about this? How about I move Mo? And we keep this same order, five feet, you know, five feet apart from one another, throughout at least the the windy yes, bits. Move, move forward, go. Okay, but I don't, I, I don't want to go too far if Steve is not able to go. reveal. You move south about twenty feet, and now you see again opening to a very large cavern. I can't see further west. You can see 15 feet. We need Tuttle to get a better view. All right, let me go there. Here, as long as you promise to stay close, how about I go first? Well, yeah, that's I what I was saying. Vision. Like, we're all going to be... I'd like to tell the GM that we're all going to be close together, but it's kind of hard to do that in these windy parts. Well, that's player error, though. I mean, the person in front, their job is to move forward. Everybody else's job is to follow. Um... Yeah, but Jason, didn't we establish that your robot cannot communicate what it sees? No, what I'm saying is I can. Oh, oh, Tuttle so, in front. Yeah, I'll oh, just okay. go in front. Okay. Wow. You're, Hiroji uh, nearly faints at the bravery of Tuttle in this Yeah, moment. you're really it's out more here now. It's more practicality than bravery. Okay, yeah. Tuttle. I applaud his bravery from back here in the rear. So that at least gets us more visibility. You see large chunks of rubble that are scattered across this cavern. Now remember, no one else can see more than fifteen feet past their eye. Uh, you know that's actually I I, I have twenty feet because of uh, you have the flashlight. 
Flashlight. Um, there appears to be a large boulder to the west. <laughs> it doesn't look that large, but you said a little rock directly to the west. Oh, of yeah. You. It's kind that's of the quote, same color. That's, quote, the large boulder. Roll for combat. Oh, I was going to shoot the large boulder. So it looks like those boys will finally get to use the phrase everyone loves. They're going to actually get to attack the darkness. So one thing I did want to note is that I actually was disconnected from the show for a little while. If you're playing online, that will happen, and that even happens to us. And you can see what happened is just my voice just stopped working for some reason. And after a few minutes, I was able to come back. Just to let you know, this actually does happen quite a bit when we play. There's always some technical difficulties. And I usually edit them out and you won't even know that they're there. But I kept that one in just because it was a little funny and just for you to know like this does happen once in a while. And also kept in a little bit of banter just for fun. I try to keep it mostly role playing but every so often I like to throw in just a little bit of the banter. Just so you can hear us joking around and sometimes it's just fun to break up the monotony of role playing. Not that it's monotonous but you know what I mean. So for this week's GM tips I wanted to talk about all the things that we had to deal with in this episode. This was a pretty nasty one in terms of complex rules in role-playing games. So, there's three rules in role-playing games that all players and GMs find to be a total pain and you usually have to deal with. That is darkness, encumbrance, and flying. There are more, but those are kind of the three that are the most common in every single role-playing game. And you will always come across them. There's things like underwater combat, which is another thing that's a total pain in the neck and so forth, but I won't get into those just yet. In this one, we actually had to deal with darkness, 3D movement, and then weightlessness, which as I found out is even more complex than flying. So this one was even harder. So we had the trifecta of annoyance. So how do you deal with this? So let's go through each one. Darkness is usually taken care of by the PCs. Once they realize they can't see, the very next time they go into a town, they're going to get something usually to counter the darkness. Whether it's a potion, or a magic spell, or something. Because there's nothing worse than not being able to see. That one usually takes care of itself, and if it doesn't, then you just got to make sure you abide by the rules. In our case, we had one character who can see everything, and everyone else who can see nothing. Now my players are pretty good about that. They'll realize that if they can't see something, they won't try to attack it, and they're not going to argue with me. And they'll also run right up to the guy. Like, for example, in this case, if they're getting attacked in the darkness, you can bet the very next episode they're going to be charging into that darkness to find out what's going on. But if you have a group that really doesn't want to, quote, play by the rules, then you just got to be hard as a GM and just say, you can't do that. If you don't have line of sight, you can't attack the darkness. You can't do that. I've gotten into many a fight at a table, and when in doubt, just bring up the rules and say, look, if you don't have line of effect or line of sight, you just can't do it. So either get closer to the guy or get a light source. And I'd say 95% of the time, it might go nasty the first time, but usually once they get into town, help them out. Either drop a magic item that lets them see, or give them some potions so they can temporarily see, or make sure they find a magic item that lets them see. Like, you don't want this to derail the campaign. It's realistic, but it can get annoying. The second one is encumbrance. Encumbrance is actually a pretty big deal because it changes your character quite a bit. It removes a lot of their skills, or sorry, gives them penalties to their skills. And in Starfinder, if you get encumbered, it actually is pretty bad. 
you move slower, you have major negatives to a lot of things, you just don't want to be encumbered. So what we usually do is uh, we just basically, I take care of the encumbrance for them. I let them know when they're close. I sort of get an idea. And they're pretty good about leaving all their gear behind. They'll only bring in what they need. But if you have someone who's going to be a pack mule, then make sure that they get a magic spell that they can carry everything. There's a lot of spells that allow you to basically not get encumbered. In our Pathfinder campaign, they usually have a floating disc following behind them, and they just throw all their junk on the floating disc. You can even go the real old-school method and have people come with you, have hirelings that carry the stuff for you, or you can get a mule. But realistically, I do use encumbrance, and the reason is because it does affect the rules, and also I don't like it if they're carrying around 15 suits of armor and 30 weapons. It's not realistic in multiple ways. So just to make it easier for them, I try to handle it. Yeah, it's one more thing the GM has to handle, but it's usually not too bad once you get started, and I just use an Excel spreadsheet to sort of handle it. But I would recommend you do both play with darkness and with encumbrance, and you just, you know, deal with it. The last thing is flying. Now flying, there's no way around it. Flying is just a pain in the neck because you have to deal with 3D movement, you have to deal with geometry and how far something is. The good news is there's a lot of ways to deal with this. If you're in a real life game, I strongly recommend you buy those invisible stands. They're basically invisible plastic stands where you can change the height of your characters. They're pretty cheap and they're well worth the price. I see them all over the place, and if I go to conventions, you see people using them. They're very good. The other cheaper way to do it is you could just use dice. I do that a lot. And then what we'll actually do is you'll actually put the guy on a, on a single die to show they're flying, and then next to them, I usually use another die to show if they're 5, 10, 15, 20 feet up. It's not quite as good as an invisible stand, but it's free. And that's what I'll often do in a pinch. So definitely do that. Don't try to jip it and just have everything at the same level because flying is a huge advantage for whoever's doing it. And in Starfinder, there's a lot of flying. The other thing you can do is if you're in a VTT like we are, it usually has height built into the program. So you could just show the height. And that's what I do. I just show where everything is and it's a lot easier. But when it comes to flying, again, usually your PCs will take care of it on their own. You either give them some things that'll let them fly, or they're going to get things that let them fly. Our characters have an old saying, and you're going to hear it soon. It's called, if you fly, you die. They basically kill flying things immediately, and they make sure they all have ranged weapons, because flying is such a pain in the neck to deal with. In this case, we have 3D gravity, or 0G, which is even worse, because you have inertia and all these other things. I'm sorry if it sounds a little boring when we talk about it, but I did feel also a lot of people have to deal with this and just might want to hear how we deal with it. I actually even cut out, I'd say, about 80% of the discussion. We go through the rules in detail, and I cut almost all of it out, believe it or not, even though we still had a fair amount in there, because we had to discuss exactly how it works. Now finally, you could just ignore all this. Like, some people just find this totally annoying, and they just don't want to have these rules to begin with, and that's okay. If you don't want to deal with these rules, it's your game, don't deal with them. We like to play rules as written, and there's a lot of tactical advantages to using these rules, so our guys like to play this way. So we keep these rules in. As complex and nasty as they are, we play this way. And I'll tell you later, it gets really nasty. When they start bumping into each other and they turn to billiards in 3D environment, oh boy, in darkness, it gets insane in future episodes. 
but that's just us and we like that but not everybody does and you can simplify things quite a bit you can have people flying at just one level you can have the darkness everyone can just see or you just put a 20% mischance on everything that usually works out fine at encumbrance a lot of people just wave it and don't even bother with it and just say hey just keep all your armor on the floor or something and just drag it from room to room that's totally fine too it's your game you can do it however you want but that's the way we play is that we usually try to find simple rules to deal with all of them and then implement those rules so again these complex rules are always going to be in the game i recommend one of three things either one ignore them two help your pcs find the right items or magic items so they can overcome these rules don't count on them to do it because they just might not know as well as you are so if you're the gm either give them some hints or have them get a magic item or some potions and then when they get into town they can buy some more potions on their own or finally the third item is just modify the rules to however you feel is necessary Again, if you don't want to deal with darkness, just make it a 20% mischance or a 50% mischance or whatever you're most comfortable with. If you don't want to deal with multiple heights, then just have two heights for flying and that's it. You can really change it however you want. So hopefully that's helpful for you. So once again, we have this week's contest where we're giving out a $100 Amazon gift card. All you need to do is review the show on iTunes or Stitcher or Facebook and submit me your name to contest at rollforcombat.com and that's it you're entered and this week the winner is sansa 33 stark so if you are sansa 33 stark you want a hundred dollar amazon gift card just contact me and you will get it so once again check out the discord channel where we have all the images from the show in addition we just started five starfinder society games using play by post i'm gming one of the games jason's gming one of the games and we have three other fantastic GMs helping out. They're going really swimmingly. They're quite fun. And I'm definitely going to keep doing this. So if any of you are interested in joining a play-by-post Starfinder Society game, come on over. We might even do Pathfinder Society, but right now we're just doing Starfinder Society. we got five tables going, and if we get enough people, we'll start some more tables. And I want to probably keep doing this for a while. Also, don't forget, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, check us out now on Twitch. You can just find the link on the RollForCombat.com website. We probably aren't going to be doing anything live, but you never know. You can follow us there and you'll see what's going on. We might throw something up there once in a while. We do play a lot of video games, so maybe we'll start streaming some of those. And don't forget, join us on the Discord. I'm pretty much on there 24 7 Jason's on there quite a bit. Bob's on there once in a while. Chris is on there, but he's always playing World of Warcraft. And John is pretty much never on there. But you can always write us a question. I'll pass it over to John and he'll probably answer it. He does like getting questions and he does have a lot of free time. So I'm sure he'll be happy to answer them. And if any of you are going to PaizoCon or GenCon, let me know. I'm going to be going to both. So I can meet up with you there. PaizoCon is actually coming up sooner than you think. And if there's any other conventions in the area, let me know. I go to quite a bit, so maybe I'll be able to see you there. You can meet up, play a game, hang out, so forth. Anyhow, I will see you guys next week. Later. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com. Or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. 
You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember to bribe the GM.